0: Anal sex is hyperlinked to another Wikipedia (laughs) article. Now, I didn't click on it. I didn't click on it. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins.
1: all right everybody welcome to the sin cast this is chris atkinson from cinema sins joined as always by the voice of cinema sins jeremy scott howdy and from music video sins barrett share yeah <laughs> um today uh we're gonna get uh, right into to, to some anger again man we had a week off so we mm-hmm. had two weeks two weeks of anger to build up mm-hmm. tell me what you guys want to rant about today
2: Crazy pill! I'm as mad as hell!
0: You've never seen me very upset. Can I start?
3: No, please. Because
0: this is uh, more of a question for you guys who know a lot more than I do about this. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> it's less of a rant and more of like a. I'm quizzical about all sides of this. Warner Brothers decided, what, a week ago as we record this, something like that, maybe a couple weeks ago, that. Uh, they are going to release their entire 2021 slate of movies, which includes blockbusters like Matrix Four, Suicide Squad, Dune, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, 1984. Of course, was the is the first one, uh, and many many others, all on HBO Max, while simultaneously releasing in whatever theaters they can get into or open available that kind of thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh. It's not the end of the story. So, you know, I look at this and I say, great for me because I ain't going to the theater anytime soon. Even though I miss the experience, I miss seeing stuff on the big screen. I'm not anti movie theater at all. But if I can watch Matrix 4 the day it comes out on my TV for a subscription service I already have, fuck yeah. However, there are some people that are not happy about this. From what I have read, uh, Christopher Nolan was kind of the first one to come out and say, hey, man, this is not good for movies in general. There are some movies that need to be seen on the big screen. He later qualified, again, from what I've read, qualified it by saying, I'm not talking about myself getting paid. He weirdly name-checked Ben Affleck, who I don't think has been in a Christopher Nolan movie. He <laughs> was like, I'm not talking about Ben Affleck. I'm talking about like the, uh, the, the grips... The catering pers people, the 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 smaller name actors, that kind of thing, they need to get paid through SGA or whatever it is, and so you know I see his I see his point. Then Denis Villeneuve, who we all love uh, as a filmmaker, came out and uh, who is directing Dune, uh, came out and said eh, basically the same thing. Like you know, no, this is not good. Uh, they criticized the streaming service itself, HBO Max, which I don't really have a problem with. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they criticized the move. And the last thing that I'll say is that it seems like Warner brothers didn't tell anybody that they were going to do this, at least mm-hmm. the filmmakers themselves. And to me, that's maybe the most egregious thing that somebody like, you know, Nolan, uh, released tenant regardless already. Uh, but Villeneuve, who's got, you know, a tent pole of a movie that he's been working on for years was not informed that they're going to do this? Like, that's kind of shady. Anyway, what I want to ask you guys is, do you have a particular, quote, side on this? Or uh, do you just find it more interesting to see how things are changing given the circumstances that we're in right now?
2: Uh, I don't know about the people down the line getting paid. Like, I'm pretty sure grips don't have like a percentage of, of the gross. So they were paid to do the job on set, I would guess, right? My gut reaction to this, and I'm going to I'm gonna qualify. My gut reaction to this is, I see where you're coming from, but you were paid to do a job and you did it. You delivered a product and the boss that hired you to deliver it technically can do whatever they want with it. Um, that can sometimes mean a movie gets shelved forever or pushed back six months. Um, Now, from an artistic standpoint, I totally get what they're saying, uh, that especially Villeneuve, who, who said specifically, we shot this, everything about this production was with movie theater screens in mind. It won't be the same film at home, no matter how good your TV or projector setup is. And I get where he's coming from. I, yeah. I I can see both sides of it. Is I, and I guess, where I ultimately land? And if people indeed don't get paid because of this deal, then that's a big problem. Yeah. But clearly, I mean, I, I don't get the confusion. Because clearly, at t who owns both of these companies, wants to make a big push for HBO Max to be a Netflix-level competitor and this is how they do it they take assets from one company Warner Brothers and slide it over to this other company HBO Max to and it's going to work and sometime in 2021 the price of HBO Max is going to go up to 30 yeah. or 40 bucks a month
0: that's the real that's the real issue
1: for and for then us. everybody
2: else is going to follow suit so that's the big takeaway is streaming is going to get a lot more expensive yeah 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 yeah
1: i'm i'm not certain that it will uh work but um, to to get, I mean, I, the one I've heard of a a lot of varying degrees of, uh, you know, discussion about the streaming services and everything. And, and uh, one of the things that was brought up was that despite, you know, CBS uh, coming out with two tentpole Star Trek series on their streaming service, nobody's going there to watch it. Not even your hardcore Trekker Trekkie person is going yeah, there yeah. to watch it and and uh th- we we uh, oftentimes forget about the convenience of uh going and and uh and just having it there for free or you know if you want to go to a, a theater there's the social aspect to it and everything and a lot of times when you when it comes to buying into a streaming service a lot of times people are like i don't know if i really want to deal with all that bullshit, putting it, getting a streaming service and everything. And maybe they will once wonder woman comes out, but each successive movie comes out. Isn't going to move the needle any more than that. Probably. I wouldn't think. Um, cause wonder woman comes out and then, you know, most people are probably going to go for that. And the Zack Snyder, uh, cut that four hour thing where Batman apparently drops an F bomb and everybody's excited about it. <laughs>
2: that's gonna make it all better, man. Make it that's all what, better. That's what was missing was the Batman saying the F bomb. Are you uh, saying,
1: yeah. Chris, that uh,
0: the other movies after Wonder Woman won't really, uh, hold as much water as, as that one does. I think he's saying they won't
2: bring in new subscribers.
1: Yeah. It won't. It, they don't think they're going to get much more subscribers after that. Cause you're going to have people who want to watch wonder woman. That's going to, that's going to crawl. You know, if you have a Venn diagram of people who want to watch wonder woman, dune matrix, all these different things. I mean, it's, it covers a lot of those people.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And, uh, but then, you know, and, and, you know, if it was about the fact that they spent like whatever billion dollars on all these movies and they're sitting there just in the can and they, they want to make some sort of profit off of them or anything. I mean, all these movies would have been quote unquote new movies once everybody, once they were able to come out in theater. So I don't know why you can't just sit on them. Uh, there are a lot of financial, uh, there's a lot of things you can do financially, you know, insurance wise and things like that to, to, uh, not take a big, huge hit on those things. But then, man, I was talking to somebody else and he's really smart about this stuff too. And I was, I just randomly brought out, I was like, do you think Netflix is a Ponzi scheme? Because it's one of these things where like they're. They're they're not really getting more subscribers. I don't know how many more subscribers you can get, and they're dumping hundreds of millions of dollars into content and everything. And he's like, "Man, now I mean, this the way they're doing this stuff is is you know investors are paying you know in, in, in this money, and then Netflix is putting it all into the content, and they're going to have this big huge library by the end of it. If they go under, they have a huge library <laughs> they can just sell." at that point. And, uh, and, you know, they can keep doing this until, you know, I guess the money runs out, but it doesn't ever seem to run out because people keep putting more money into it. That's interesting. That's the way, the,
2: that's the, the, way the American government has operated for my entire life is yeah. we just, we have a loss and, and nobody really comes calling and we're going to keep chugging. And they have yeah. been operating at a loss since they started. Yeah.
0: So, like, so it's uh, not it, the, the source of revenue is not the subscriptions, as as the, the large part. It's more right. of the investors.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that they obviously get a lot from subscribers. I yeah. mean, you got if you've got a hundred and something million people paying ten dollars, then you're getting a lot of money. But that's a billion dollars, yeah. But you're but you're also spending more than that right. to get sure, sure. all of your, your new stuff, your queen. There's lots gambling. of revenue
2: your, I'm not sure yeah. there's any profit.
1: Right. <sighs> So I mean they're they're operating on this whole thing where it's like I don't think investors are even are even looking to see they're not even buying into a company that's profitable. They know it's not going to be profitable. Yep. Um so it's it's a it's a strange thing to me. Like I've always wondered if it was if it was ponziesque but it might be just it might be just a little bit beyond that to to get away with being the way it is. I don't know. People are uh, okay at and- this
0: point oh uh, <sighs> They've been in business for, what,
1: 20 years almost? Yeah, something like
0: that. 2001-ish is when they it's started. Around,
1: around that length, yeah. Because they, yeah. they were mail-in service. Right, 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 right. Um, the streaming
0: started around, I think, 2008, maybe 2010.
1: Yeah, that's when Blockbuster was started to get in trouble and everything, yeah. when they started doing uh, streaming. But uh, anyway, HBO Max basically has the same sort of deal here, but I just don't know how many people are going to keep buying into new services just to watch new movies um uh like like that and and some people are going to be like you know what uh i can wait until wonder woman comes out on blu-ray or whatever and, and buy it or rent it or whatever so i don't need to get the streaming service i can wait for that there's been people who've been doing that for years for with theaters yep so i mean I mean, of course, there's always the possibility one of these companies will be like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with physical media. And, you know, you're just, and then you're, then you're forcing people. Well, there's
0: that. And then, you know, dinosaurs like us that still have cable. The only reason that I would have HBO max is because I have HBO on my cable package. Mm -hmm. And now those are inextricably linked, which is great. If they become unlinked, which is possible, uh, then i would maybe hesitate but again i would probably that that is attractive to me i am i am the one that i would sign up because of less because of Wonder Woman more because of dune more because of matrix 4, matrix 4. more because of uh space jam <laughs> just <clears throat> kidding uh but like there's there's a lot of good you know uh wb content that that's gonna be on there so i you know i I would sign up for it for sure, um, and this does make it more attractive to me. Now, I would sign up just to watch Watchmen again too, um, and you know all the other HBO content. Uh, but uh, this this is an interesting move, and like what Jeremy said, and I didn't even think about that the the whole AT and T uh, maneuvering all this stuff. Now, it's interesting to me that everybody signed off on it though, from Warner Brothers uh to know HBO that they have a HBO choice. Magazine. Sure. I mean, you don't think they have some sort of, you don't think the president I of don't, I uh, don't think Warner ultimately Brothers,
2: AT&T nope. has to get permission from anyone at Warner Brothers to, have to tell them what to do. That's I been really do
1: That's been the way things have been for a long time. When these big, huge corporations have bought studios, the head of Paramount is put in there to, to definitely uh, guide the, the, the year's, schedule and everything, but everything money wise is going to go through whoever bought Paramount, you know, you know, there's all these companies have gone through multiple corporations and buyouts and things like that. And it's always those companies that are, that are down with their Comcast
2: uh, Universal. Yeah. So if
0: Comcast says we're going to do something, Universal says yes, Daddy. Right?
3: Yep. Yes. Yep.
1: yep. I mean it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe because you think of Universal as yeah, the yeah. creative and, and uh uh you know the the masters of their own fate and everything. No, they're not. They are not.
0: <laughs> so we all have HBO and you guys will be like me and watch these as they come mm-hmm. out. Maybe not the first day that they come out. But we will all watch these on the service. Yeah, for
1: me, it's not even a big deal. I mean, I've got HBO. I've got HBO Max. And it's, you know, I mean, I've got it's it's free HBO Max, essentially, quote unquote, because I've got HBO. So, yeah, I mean, no, no issue for me. But for people who don't have HBO, you know, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's another thing that they have to deal with with HBO Max is they're not getting another subscription from a lot of people
0: yeah and uh i'm I'm a little bit worried because my bill my comcast bill seems to inflate every month and yeah. if, if what jeremy is saying you know no nothing is free in this world if you're getting first run movies uh throughout the entirety of 2021 it is certainly possible that those subscription, Charges will increase
2: at some I point. mean, Netflix increases their price whenever the fuck they want to. I just get an email. Everybody goes says, with this it. Yeah. Every time I get an email, it's like, oh, 99 cents more. What the fuck do I care? I'm going to keep paying more. it It'll be $55 a month by now, and I won't be paying attention.
1: Right. Hmm.
0: It probably is, <laughs> but it's that's how it
1: works for me. <laughs> have to go up to like thirteen bucks. Netflix yeah, is still yeah. one of the most affordable and uh, and crazy deals that you can get for streaming service.
2: Yeah, yeah, but they can raise the price whenever they want, and I wouldn't be surprised if it filters out to your your cable subscription of HBO as well, just to yeah. offset the free
0: HBO Max. They kind of they kind of have to, right? I mean, they're going to get new subscriptions, like you said, Chris, but like. If, if you're, you know, Matrix four probably has a hundred million dollar budget at least. Right. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Wonder Woman probably had around 175, 200 million. Um, they've got to get this back, right?
1: Movies that you're talking about, you combine them. I guarantee you it's over a billion dollars.
0: Yeah. 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 So even if AT&T still is pulling the strings, you know, one hand has to pay the other hand (laughs) for the (laughs) The content.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, boom the strings, the strings. Anyway,
0: it's it's interesting to me. I love that I can see these movies. I'll probably even watch Space Jam for what whatever nope. fucking reason, just because I can.
1: All these I'm, people watch Space Jam, man. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. LeBron James <laughs> is going to be in it, and it's the first Space Jam has has become a beloved classic over the years
2: for some reason. Uh, yeah, did you see that LeBron hinted that he might? Go wherever his son is drafted after his current contract is done, and take a lower deal just so he can play a father-son season. With his yeah, that would that would
0: be fun. I, I'm kind of sick neat? of him switching teams.
2: Well, but... he's done it. He is a championship chaser, and it's worked. But he's yeah. still one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. Um, like I'm looking forward to the Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Tiger Woods and his son Charlie are playing in the uh, father-son tournament. Um, like Justin Thomas plays with his dad. And why are you jerking off? <laughs> I could care less about that shit.
1: Well, all right. Do, do we know Do this? Does, does does, 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 is Tiger Woods kid good at golf? Has he been yes. practicing golf? He is. Well,
2: he's been dominating the junior circuit. He's Oh, seriously. Like, yeah. He's won several. I actually saw a really cute video of them on the driving range, getting ready for this tournament. And it's like, a little mini Tiger Woods swing. Like he, they swung at the same time and it was just like, ah, yeah, there that's it is. so, that's
0: so freaky when kids are good at golf. Like when, when Jeremy and I played last week, uh, there was this father and son, uh, duo that were at the driving range when we were going off. And I was like, oh, that's nice. He brought his kid. Kid turns around and like whips out this fucking professional swing. I'm like, (laughs) "Oh, Kid
1: brought his dad. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm like, I don't know, dad. If you use a seven-wood, it'll be great. He knows all the
2: shit. (laughs) I would enjoy watching LeBron play with his son for a season. I think that would be neat. And also his son is... Awesome.
1: So, there are always good moments. Like uh, when Ken Griffey Jr. played with Ken Griffey Sr. Yeah,
2: that's what I was thinking about. What it, was it?
0: Uh, 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 Cecil Fielder and Prince Fielder played one uh, game
1: or something like that.
2: No, no. no, no. Suffolk flamed so. out way before that. Is yeah, that right? I think
1: Fielder was way gone by the time uh, Prince Fielder came up. But okay. Uh, but Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. were both on the Mariners at one point, And on Father's Day, they both hit home runs. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: right. That's right.
1: Yeah. Um which was really cool, but
2: You also um, had uh <clears throat> briefly Billy and Cal Ripken on the same Orioles team with their dad as one yeah. of the coaches. So,
1: there was even a baseball card that had all three of them on it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And there's a of course the Billy Billy Fuckface card. Yeah,
1: Billy Fuckface, yeah.
2: Billy's his his uh uh brother, right? Younger brother yeah. of Cal. Yes.
1: What what was um, Billy
2: Fuckface? <laughs>
1: There was uh, a... He His
2: uh, upper deck card, he had a bat over his shoulder and had scrawled fuckface on the bottom of the bat and no one caught it the first round of printing. And then they caught it and changed it. So th- if you have one that has fuckface on the bat, it's worth a lot of money like comparatively. You guys have such great knowledge.
1: And then the corrections, there were corrections and there was one that was in particular made that was more valuable than the actual fuckface. That's face. right that's right but like, but like um i had the fuck face card seriously and my, yeah and my dad was like you can't keep that
3: oh, oh. no
0: dad let me keep fuck face
1: <laughs> i was a stupid kid man i should have just hit it and never said yeah, one totally. thing about it but i always would be like i got the fuck face card you know <laughs> Man, we used to
2: go like in middle school. I'm talking 7th and 8th grade. There were probably 30 of us kids that brought our baseball cards and a binder to school every day, and at lunch we would sh- show cards and trade cards and god, I miss that. Like Yeah, simple- yeah that's good
0: pure fun right there. Yeah,
2: man. <clears throat> yeah,
0: you did it while you were smoking crack, but like otherwise right. it was pure S- seriously. Yeah. Right.
2: That's right. Um, Chris, are you angry?
1: yeah sure i didn't know if you were about to go into yours or not um
2: no mine are are fake angry i wanted a real anger to go first oh, okay. <laughs>
1: um i've been in the market for a mattress a new bed for a really long time uh i've been on the same one for like eight years and it was my brother's bed and he probably had it for like you know another eight years before that and it was probably also a time where some squatters were using it. I mean, there's yeah. <laughs> that's 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 how long this bed and how 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 used this bed is and everything. And I was like, all right, you know, it's time to it's time to get a new one. And I've been seeing these purple ads on uh YouTube and everything. And I was like, okay, you convince me, I'll get I'll get a purple mattress and see what that's all about. And uh and I and I'll save the suspense like you know, I ordered this and I got it. They they gave me a, a a a date that they were going to. They said Wednesday was the date that it was going to come out. That it was gonna that I was going to get it, and it ended up being two days later. So I don't want anybody to think that the rant is about I got my mattress two days late when they said it was <laughs> when they said it was supposed to come out on this other day and everything. This is not what the rant's about. The rant is about the communication that everybody has when things are late. And this was terrible for me because uh, I, you know, I, it's, it's great when you get, when you're, when you're a fucking adult and you do everything you're supposed to fucking do when something like this comes in, I had my old bed broken down. I had a junk company coming out to get the old bed and everything like all this stuff was going to happen. I would get the new bed would come in. I would then be enjoying the new bed and all the shit that would be just lying around normally was gone. Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. But on Wednesday, I had a window purple used this freight service called pilot to, uh, to, to deliver, to, to deliver this, uh, to the deliver this bet Had a window on a Wednesday, 11 to two or 11 to three. um, where it was supposed to come in. And it, and it even said out for delivery. I had a text that said out for delivery and everything. I was like, yeah, man, 11 to three. I'm getting that fucking bad. Three o'clock comes around and nobody shows up and there's not even an update. And, and I'm just like, okay, so, all right, maybe, maybe it'll come in late. And, uh, and, uh, I get, I'm, I've got Barrett coming over to help me out because this is probably going to be heavy as shit. And you didn't realize how heavy as shit it was going to be until oh, shit. it came in. But I, uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to call pilot. There's this number. I'm going to call pilot and, uh, and see what, what's going on with it because it says out for delivery and, and it's not coming from a very far place. So why is it not here? And the pilot national number I'm on hold for three hours. I, I leave the Jeez. leave the phone on speaker, obviously. I'm not sitting there just waiting for somebody to answer. <laughs> um have it on speaker and just carry it around with me whenever and uh six o'clock rolls around and nobody has answered this fucking hotline. And I'm just like, Okay, I'm just gonna call purple now. So call purple and I say, Yeah. You, you're on purple. <laughs> <laughs> um I uh, I call purple and they say, Oh no, sorry about that. I will, we'll look right into it and everything. And I go through all this bullshit where they send an email and then you have to send something back on the email saying, this is what's happened and all the different tracking numbers and all that. And then you get an email back that says, Oh, we'll get back to you in pop probably 48 hours. <laughs> um,
3: yeah.
1: And I was like, all right, all right. And so, I sort of give up on Wednesday and figure maybe, maybe tomorrow they'll have a new thing set up, a new update. I call the national number the next day and, uh, I finally get somebody and they're like, oh man, so sorry that you didn't get your stuff. Well, you'll have to call the Nashville office to get to, to figure out what happened. I'm like, okay. So I called the Nashville office. Nobody answers for like two or three calls, and then I wait another hour, and then somebody finally answers, and they're like, uh, "Oh yeah," and then everybody's like, "Oh yeah," I'm so sorry about that. Blah blah blah. It's like the Comcast thing in uh, in South Park, where where they're like rubbing their nipples when they're telling you, "Oh yeah, I'm so sorry," <laughs> um, and uh, and like. <laughs> I, I, I said, I said, yeah, I was, I was looking for this. It was a, there was a window was yesterday and I'm not, I haven't gotten any update and the guy's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. We probably should have told you something about that. Yeah. You should have. Oh, yeah. Honestly, honestly that's the main thing for me. Like, just tell me where the fuck it is. So I know where <laughs> where when it's coming in, that's the only thing that I ask, right? Like if you just tell me, ah hey, we ain't coming out with that until Sunday, then you tell me Sunday and I'm like, oh, okay, great. But they don't know at all when they can come out with it. And I said, well, can you just put it on your truck today and just get it out to <laughs> me today? And they're like, oh, we'll have to check it. I'm going to have to check with a bunch of uh, supervisors on that. And they call and all these people and, and, uh, and no, we can't do it today. And I was like, okay, well, what about tomorrow? And I schedule another thing for the next day on Friday. And again, they missed the fucking window on Friday. And, uh, but someone calls finally and says, Ooh. okay, we'll be out there in two hours. And I was like, okay, finally, somebody's calling me and giving me updates and everything. And it takes them, you know, whatever it takes them, it takes them longer than two hours because every, every stop, apparently they have delays for, for whatever reason, <laughs> I'll never understand this. And, uh, and they finally bring it out and, and like, it's heavy as fuck. Uh, and I get the sense, I get the sense that there were drivers and, and people who were, who saw this and they said, oh, that's too fucking heavy, man. I'm not fucking with that. Oh yeah. I think that's what happened. Interesting. I think think they missed that Wednesday date because it was just too fucking heavy and they didn't want to, they didn't want to deal with it. Uh. It could not have been. You've Barrett. You saw the size of those packages. It's not like they couldn't have put like a ton of stuff with those packages. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not taking up lots of room. They have it all in. They have one thing in a box, and they have another. They have the mattress itself in like a tube of some sort, and and like it wouldn't have taken up much room. No. And uh and uh, but the point is, you know, if you're gonna run a business, if you're purple or pilot. Tell me what the fuck is going on. Give me some. Give me some recourse yeah. when this happens. My delivery was in fucking limbo for a long time. I didn't even know when I was gonna get it. Nobody <laughs> and could you, tell you me to have it. a bed
0: for that time.
1: I didn't have a bed too. I had to like sleep <laughs> on the couch one night, and then I had an inflatable mattress the next night. Um, and uh, and like. You know, just tell me when it's coming so I know exactly what's going on. Don't leave me in limbo, man. That's the worst part of the whole thing. That's all I ask. So, like, if you're purple and you're using a company, you need to know that that you need to know how to talk to them and say, hey, get that fucking thing out. We we told you to do that. And (laughs) get the fucking mattress out. What the fuck are you doing? but they don't have any power. Purple has no power over pilot. So there's a problem there <laughs> and then pilot themselves. If they're just going to, it's funny. Well, I don't know. Well, we can put it on the truck whenever we goddamn Well, please. <laughs> then who am I trying? I'm not trying to get a refund from pilot pilot. Doesn't mm. have any money exchanged here. There's a problem. Mm. There's a mm. problem there. There's a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the so yeah who do I who do I go to when I'm when I'm uh you know when I'm wronged in a situation you know <laughs> I can't go to purple or pilot it's fucking limbo I hate that shit
2: That sucks I actually clicked on meanwhile I clicked on a, a an order from Amazon yesterday that I thought was coming in yesterday and I clicked track package and it brought up this screen I'd never seen before it was a map of my neighborhood and it said your package is three stops away and it showed me where the fucking truck was on my street
1: <laughs> wow
2: and i was like well that's creepy but righteous i'm getting it <laughs> um i do want to know though how do you like the new bet
1: oh, oh this bet is awesome yeah um yeah the the I have been looking for excuses to use this bed because it's like, uh, you know, you'll be downstairs and I've got my awesome TV downstairs. And it's like, that's the place where you want to watch things. But like, I was like, I could go upstairs <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, uh, but no, it's so, it's so soft. And so like, you know, grabs you and, and, you know, and just, you know, it's, it's perfect you know it's just one of those it's 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 beautiful now i haven't gotten to the point yet where i'm like just sleeping eight hours straight which is the goal in all of this but it's worlds apart from what i was sleeping on so awesome
0: it was heavy awesome. as fuck too man
1: yeah man that's one I of the heaviest not, things I've ever,
0: i did you, you look at those things i've i've ordered one from online that worked out really well uh and uh You know, I mean, it took me, it was in a box, you know, yay big. Took me struggling to get it upstairs, but it wasn't that bad. This thing that me and Chris moved, man, was, I mean, it said 200 pounds, but I think that was closer to like three, three fifty, or something like that.
1: I was, I'm out of shape, but damn, we, 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 we climbed the stairs on with that thing. And after I was done, I had to go into another room and just breathe it out because it was, <laughs> it was, it was like, it, it had just zapped me of everything, you know? Um, uh, one thing I was really glad though that I did was I built that foundation the, 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 night before yeah, I was able to yeah. get that foundation because if I hadn't, that would have been like a whole, like, ah, oh, just, you know, mm-hmm. just building that foundation would have been take, would have seemed like it took forever. And then we would have had to put the mattress on it and everything. So,
2: well, all right. I almost don't want to rant. <laughs> you should. You must. You must rant. You must rant. <sighs> <laughs> I I don't have a good rant. <clears throat> um, I'll I'll ponder. I'll come back next week with something. I'm not. I'm not angry today. Um, not- <laughs> let's not waste people's time.
1: There, there have been times where I have I have skipped the rant. Let's just get into our main topic. Let's do it. Main uh, topic! Poor bastard. You poor man. I pity the fool. It's been a while since we've uh, looked at some poor bastards in cinema.
2: Yeah. Poor
1: bastards. And, uh, yeah, and, and if you're unfamiliar with us, it's, uh, it's the person in the film that, you know, like it, they they are they ha they go through some shit where it almost seems like the film is indifferent to their pain almost <laughs> i mean not always but for, but for the most part you're just sitting there going god what about that guy oh my god they don't even they don't even have any sympathy for that person jesus why'd they why'd they show this person to us anyway um anybody got some poor bastards that they want to talk about do we want to I, do all
0: at the same time or you don't want to go in rounds
1: yeah let's all go at the same time and just start talking i
2: think we go in rounds <laughs> okay yeah meaning that we do one at a time i guess uh, yeah oh,
1: i see what you're saying
2: i would like to start with two characters in the 2019 charlie's angels film okay from, which i have
1: <laughs> jesus watch this movie have, have you, you not, not watched seen it? it i haven't oh, watched
2: no. it Oh man, it's I've
1: got this movie in brilliant 4k I need to watch
2: <laughs> It's so Jeremy's much on fun. his way over right now I love watching this movie <laughs> um, Anyway, there is a character named Langston um, and a character named Ralph and they're neither one major characters but they both are poor bastards um, It starts with uh, Oh, I already forgot her name Scott is her last name Um the main actress. You got to help me. She was Naomi Scott. Um, She was in the Aladdin movie as Ah. jazz. She's really charming. And she's basically works at this company that's developed this tech. It's a MacGuffin. Um, And this tech uses electricity waves to EMP shit, but the bad guys want to use it to kill humans, and fry humans. Right. Um, Well, Halfway through the movie, she and the angels are breaking into her old boss's office. It's a big complex with lots of employees. And there's this security guard that likes her and always flirts with her. It's Ralph. And he wands her over. And he's like, oh, you're looking good today. Looking very pretty. Like, he's a little skeezy about it, too. But then, like, later when they're leaving the facility, she sets this gizmo next to this garage door so they can EMP blow it and escape. And Ralph comes running in. And she's (laughs) like, oh, well, I can't let him. Die! I got to go out there. I got to go out there. And, I gotta go out there and, and she runs out. And she's like, "Hey, you got to move!" And he pulls his gun on her, and uh, he doesn't move. And he gets zapped by that thing. And they get in the they get in the van later. And she asks Kristen Stewart, "He's okay, right?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'm sure he's okay." Uh, meaning he's dead. He just died. Um, no shit. <laughs> because he, he he liked the girl and didn't trust her, and he was basically <laughs> the movie really didn't need that. The movie didn't really <laughs> need to do that to that guy. Like she could have said. Ralph, come here, and he comes over, and then it (laughs) fires, and he doesn't die. Uh, The the better one to me is Langston. Now, Langston doesn't die, but Langston is still a poor bastard. Langston works with Naomi Scott at the same company, and they have a few friendly interactions. Not too flirty, but friendly. They're friends. Later on during that break-in, one of the other angels flirts with this guy, Langston and takes off her wig and throws clothes at him as she changes outfits and winks at him. And he's like in love with her from a distance. Right. <laughs> and that's all you see of Langston till you get to the big, big, big finale. And at the big finale, um, do you mind if I spoil this movie? No, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm bit... <laughs> uh, uh, Patrick Stewart is a bad guy, not a good guy. Uh, you probably will see that coming five minutes into the movie anyway. But at the end, he's got Naomi Scott handcuffed and, He's trying to convince her to program the gizmo to do what he wants and to force her to, after like 20 minutes of talking, he walks over and opens this door and Langston falls out bound and gag. One of my favorite moments, Patrick Stewart just starts laughing and goes, ha ha, he was in that closet the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) And he nearly dies because she ends up, She ends up programming the thing to backfire, but nobody knows that. And so Langston, just by virtue of being in the wrong place at the wrong time and them knowing that he was friends with her, ends up bound and gagged in a closet for what had to be, I'm guessing, at least 12 hours, if not more. Um, And those are my first two poor bastards, but I have more. (laughs) Two in the same movie that nobody's seen except you. Hey, plenty of people have seen it, and those who have, have found it fun, despite despite its quality standing. uh, I think you will find it fun, particularly Kristen Stewart. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mm -hmm. of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you ever watch that Underwater movie, by the way? I did, three days ago.
0: (laughs) For one reason,
2: and it (laughs) wasn't T.J. Miller. I mean, it was was, I liked it. I thought it was pretty decent, and I don't really even dig on, like, that kind of thing. Mm. All right. So there you go. What is it? Is it super bad rated? I thought it was pretty good.
1: Nah, I don't know. How are you making saw, me nervous? It's weird that I think I saw, I think it's all underwater first. I, ha, I guess I had to have. No, it's you terrible. You saw it in the theater, the right? Movies, yeah, I saw it in the theater, but uh, but Sea Fever was a better movie. Yeah, it
2: was. Sea Fever was awesome. Um, yeah, this has a 47 on Rotten Tomatoes and everyone hates it, uh, even yeah. even the audience. So
0: I, there you I, go. Was,
1: I, was, I was not happy with it when I thought.
0: That's all right. You're boozing it. <clears> hmm
1: <throat> <clears throat> You can right. take that two different ways. Your boo is in it or your booze is in it. There you go. <laughs> oh, or your booze in it. That, no, uh, that's what I meant. Booze in it. Booze yeah. in <laughs> it. Uh,
0: I, got, I got a good one from a recent thing. Uh, as soon as I saw this guy, I was like, yeah, that's a poor bastard right there. Very, first, he's a villain, kind of, and then he's something else. Okay, so uh, Harry Melling... Uh, otherwise known as Dudley Durstley, Dudley oh. Durstley uh, from uh, Harry Potter, right? Mm-hmm. He's all grown up and uh, he was the villain in the Old Guard, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, wore hoodies over uh, 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 blazers, which was really annoying. Anyway, mm-hmm. and Queen's Gambit, he's fantastic. He's mm-hmm. fantastic in a lot of different ways. So, first of all, uh, Beth, the, uh, the the protagonist, played by mm-hmm. Anya Taylor-Joy, she goes to her first tournament in uh, the Kentucky State uh, Chess Championship. And she goes through like a murderer's row of, of good chess players, but she beats them all. No spoilers. Uh, and uh, then she gets up to Beltic, who's considered, you know, a almost grandmaster. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a really, really, really good player. And he's a little obnoxious to her during their match. He yawns a bunch. He comes in late. He gets coffee. He doesn't take her seriously like everybody else in this fucking show. Uh, and okay, she beats him. All right. We, we know that she beats everybody until the, the big bad. All right. So uh, she beats him. He's kind of humiliated, but also kind of respectful to her. Afterwards, a few episodes later, they become friends. Then afterwards, he moves in with her. Then afterwards... They start fucking a couple Mm of times. Yeah. Uh, But after that, man, she decides, no, there is a wonderful sequence where she dances to an entire song in her panties.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, my God, you let Christopher Lee say the last line of that sentence. <laughs> uh, she does this whole dance in her panties.
1: Go <laughs> no, will be no dawn for men. <laughs> I don't know why it came out like that. Uh, <laughs>
0: panties. Anyway, melt you know- it. <laughs> Baltic is still is still a very good chess player, and he's he's training her, he's he's working with her, and stuff like that. They sleep together a few times, but it, it's it's pretty clear that they're just kind of on the just friends thing because mm-hmm. her first love is chess. She's her second not love is really uh, into uh, them at, at all. all? No, yeah. she's not. And then after this, this whole time, he becomes a fucking puppy dog. And yeah. this is a once great almost Grandmaster Chessman. (laughs) Chessman. (laughs) Chessman. And uh, then he's knocking on her door. He's asking if she's okay. He's calling her all the time. He bands together with her friends to help her out. Like he's just absolutely obsessed with her. And she, even in the best of times, she doesn't give him the the time of day really. Uh, Even in his uh, white knight moment, he's part of a group. Uh, so yeah, he's a poor bastard, man. Like mm-hmm. not only does he, he, he's shown as being kind of like a, uh, weak, willy, liver, lily, 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 uh, mm-hmm. dude in the first, uh, mm-hmm. tournament. Uh, but then he becomes like this little lap dog and it, it, you know, you want, you want this dude to flex his muscles every once in a while, but he doesn't, he's a poor bastard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's always, uh, it's always shameful to see those people on screen, man, because it's just, you like, it's, it's, I guess it's some sort of dramatic irony, but because you can see that there's no way they have a chance, but they don't because especially since they've, they've known each other biblically, uh, and, and she's being nice to him. And everything, there's this thought in your head that oh well maybe I'm in with this girl maybe she likes me blah 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 blah, (laughs) and you just can't see the the lack of you know that you just can't see that that look in her face. It just says I'm not in love with you at all. They do
0: it so well. I mean the the show does it really really well. uh But it's almost like she has sex out of with them out of like amusement or boredom or something
1: like that. that A a few times in that series, yeah yeah she just kind of bangs a guy and it's like I'm kind of I'm kind of happy that she just bangs a bunch of dudes oh in that, yeah and yeah, in that series and and there's and but she's she's really holding a candle for one guy throughout yep. the whole thing but you know they don't make her like virginal or anything she's no. just you know, god you know. that series
0: is so good
1: all right everybody it's time to talk about better help
0: I love my sessions I love my sessions so much I feel like i Got like a B12 shot uh, the Mm. other day after my session. Uh, Just makes you feel good just to chat, to talk, to get some things off of your chest, to work through some things that maybe you weren't even thinking about. What I do uh, for for my BetterHelp counseling session is it's a text thing because I have people in the house. I don't want everybody knowing my business and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. That's an option on BetterHelp, by the way. Mm Uh, So I do a live chat. So it's, it's like a, it's like a, I don't know, a text basically uh, between you and somebody that's, you know, available for 45 minutes to an hour or whatever. So we text back or we, we, on the computer, we write back and forth. I usually, because I'm a writer, basically like I'll write a paragraph on paragraph on paragraph in like, you know, 30 seconds. She takes a little bit longer while she takes a little bit longer. I do exercise. And I'm like, and I tell her this. I'm like, you know what? I'm doing uh, squat thrusts right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yep. laughs>
3: Jesus Christ. Please.
0: But, like, you know, while while I'm waiting for a response, I'll just be like, you know, doing doing a few things. I'm doing and, some
3: thrusts.
0: Uh, doing <laughs> some thrusts. And uh, so, so I get like all of my healthy physical and mental, emotional, all that stuff in during my sessions. BetterHelp gives you the option in your counseling room to not only schedule your next appointment uh, and also to correspond with your counselor back and forth in between sessions. But uh, but d- d- when you book a session, you can say, I want to do a video thing. I want to do a phone call. I want to do a live chat like I do. Uh, I want to do a text thing. Uh, the possibilities are really, really uh, convenient. For anybody, if you're living with a roommate and you've got thin walls or something like that, you don't want them to hear about that, do the live chat. If you don't have anybody around and you would like to actually engage with people, which people aren't really doing a whole lot of these days, you can do a video option. And you can uh, see and chat with your counselor just like we are doing right now between the three of us. BetterHelp is fantastic. Uh, I cannot recommend it enough. It's so good.
2: Let me give you a, a piece of advice that sounds daunting, but I'm going to follow it up by showing you how not daunting it is. All right? Know, know what you want to accomplish when it comes to therapy. Yeah. Have, have some kind of a goal in mind. And that can be complex. I have a 30-year history of loving and hating my parents or what have you. or I am dealing with addiction. Uh, it can be vague. I feel very down lately, and I don't know why. Um, I'm stressed about this pandemic. Uh, I mean, if you know what it is you want to figure out about yourself or try and work on, then you can just take off and run, and, uh, and you don't have to spend like the first few sessions with the therapist pulling that out of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of people are just so non forthcoming in the beginning of therapy because it's a weird experience to sit down and tell a stranger, uh, even in text, uh, you know, some of your darkest, deepest secrets. Not that You have deep, dark secrets, but the point is, as I get off the rails, uh, if you know what you want to accomplish, I'd like to be less depressed. I'd like to be less stressed. I would like to, improve uh, being so addicted to this. Uh, I would like to improve my health. Uh, I'd like to work on my relationship with my siblings, what have you. Uh, Then you can get a lot more accomplished, I think, uh, in the time that you have uh, each week or month with your therapist.
0: Yeah. Think about it as going to the doctor. If you've got pain in your chest or pain in your legs, or if you have a pain somewhere in your body, maybe it's somewhere that you don't want to show uh it, it, it's, it's the same thing you got to be honest with your doctor to get some sort of medical treatment same thing with the counselor uh you got to be honest with the counselor and have an idea of where you're going so go to BetterHelp help help.com uh, go to betterhelp.com syncast slash sincast you get 10 percent off your first month and uh that is not nothing it's beautiful uh really take advantage of that first month in particular but keep with it therapy counseling doesn't End in one session or even two sessions or even three sessions. Keep with it. Uh, It's just like exercising. Uh, You will notice a difference uh, over time. Uh, Go to betterhelp.com slash sendcast today. If you need it, Uh, do it now.
1: The uh, I was thinking about this dude who runs the restaurant in Goodfellas, the Bamboo Lounge. <laughs> <I believe. laughs>
0: oh, is that the one that they go through the back, that long shot and all that stuff? No, that's the oh, that's Copa. The yeah. Okay,
1: okay. Yeah. The the Bamboo Lounge is the one where Joe Pesci does the the whole like uh you know, uh, would you think I'm funny and all that? Oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. He's running up that huge bill, basically. And there's a scene where he comes in, you know, and he's he's about to ask for some money and Joe Pesci's, you know, already already before the guy can even ask a question, he's like, Hey, look at this guy. He just appears out of nowhere blah blah blah. You fucking mutt you know, all this bullshit. And uh and then he's like, Hey, uh he tummy, uh, you know, I mean it's uh, you you know he's telling him like god there's a lot of money that you owe and everything and and Pesci, that character Tommy character can just blow up at any moment yeah, so it's can. impossible to go to somebody like that and say that I want my money from him even in the nicest possible way because he can just anything can ignite that powder keg that he is so then he goes to Polly about it and 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 he's like you know and basically He basically says, you know, you could just get rid of this guy. He's being an asshole. He's not paying his money. I don't know where where to go to. And, you know, and, 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 and Polly at one point was, well, you want me to whack him or whatever? And he goes, well, it wouldn't be a bad idea. (laughs) Long pause. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, man. I am sorry, Polly. I didn't mean any disrespect. And then he's, he's trying to tell him like, look, I buy my restaurant, you know, or be partners with me in this restaurant. And that way, if Tommy is ever like not paying his bills or whatever, I can go to you and say, Hey man, he's not paying the money and everything. And, and, uh, or, or any problem that I have. And that's the problem this guy runs into. Cause he can't go to the cops. And that's what the thing that they're then If he goes to the cops, he's going to get whacked. Yeah. If he, yeah. Uh, it, But it, but he can't keep running his business when this guy's running thousand dollar checks every night and not paying it and everything. So, he goes to Polly, and then Polly, of course, turns right around and turns that into a big fucking like front for all the other shit he wants to do. Like they're moving inventory in, and it's going straight back out, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then like and then it just eventually that restaurant just goes under, and they have to burn it for the insurance and everything. And this and, and i sitting there thinking, this guy is like he's he has a very successful restaurant and now that he's let mobsters in and, and probably unknowingly at first let mobsters in uh you know because he's let somebody like a psychopath like Tommy in um and, you know now he's going to have to get rid of his business that was war- that was flourishing at one point and uh and now it's you know it becomes a you know it just he loses it in a blink of an eye in that movie. <laughs> yeah you
0: can also That's make really the good. same case for spider <clears throat> poor spider I mean, the guy just fucking, he's just trying to make drinks. And uh, they're like, no, what the fuck is this? this And then, uh, I mean, he makes that just innocuous comment. I don't even remember what he says to Tommy. But man, it it just escalates like one second where he's sitting down. And one second, all of a sudden, he's up and he starts shooting at his feet, and then boom, it, that's it. Yeah, the,
1: the he he brings him he brings other people at the table drinks, and he doesn't bring Tommy a drink. Yeah, and Tommy's yeah. like, uh, he's like, uh, he's like, he's like, well, you give them all drinks, you don't give me anything. And he's like, he's like, I thought you said I was fine, Spider. And he goes, I didn't say you're you're not fine, Spider. You're not fine. You know, like he's like, and and uh, and so like that's when he does that little shoot. The shoot him and dance and he hits him in the foot and all that other stuff and then later you know they go back to him and he's like go fuck yourself Tommy oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and De Niro who, who can't read the room is like you're gonna let that guy talk to you like that oh my god <laughs> you, to? you know and Patsy of course he's okay. alright he just blows the fucker away oh man oh, oh, oh I can't read the
3: room <laughs>
0: Like, there's no way he's going to shoot this guy. <laughs> Let me just make a fucking joke
2: right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. God, that movie's so <clears throat> wrong. All right. So I'm going to go with Aunt May um, mm. in the Raimi trilogy specifically. Now, All right. first, she loses her husband yeah. because of her dipshit nephew.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yep.
2: Then she ultimately loses her house. But before that, she gets involved by Doc Ock in this, uh, like, like uh, Empire State Building. Like, she's way above ground and yeah. dropped, and Spider-Man has to save her, and she's an old lady, and then she loses her house. And there's a part in the first movie where she's in the hospital and they in the bedroom and, and, and he breaks down the wall, green goblin and she was praying and he's like, <laughs> finish it. <laughs> this woman has trauma after trauma. <laughs> like you might think I would give it to Mary Jane because in all three movies, she's a damsel in distress, but I hate Mary Jane. in these yeah, movies. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't like this character at all. Whereas aunt may is lovely. She didn't deserve any of this shit. And I just think she takes, she takes too many hits, one in each movie, and it's disappointing. But I also read this fascinating anecdote when Alfred Molina was giving an interview. Um, and uh, he said, you know, me and Rosemary Harris were in these harnesses dangling you know, several stories above the ground for hours at a time. And at one point she turned to me and said, I'm classically trained, you know.
0: <laughs> but she got paid a lot more than she got for a broadway run that's-
2: oh i'm sure i'm sure she did oh my god
0: that's hilarious yeah that's a good one i forgot about that scene The fish yeah. <laughs> it's like an our father
2: or something like that no she's doing uh uh Forgive those who trespass. She's doing the Lord's Prayer. I oh, think. that's it. it's yeah, finish. And uh, <laughs> he makes her finish it.
1: Oh, <sighs> Jesus Christ.
2: Uh, hey,
0: speaking of Kirsten Dunst, I've got <laughs> a Kirsten Dunst one. Mm. I didn't even realize this until I rewatched uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind again. There's a couple of uh, eligible poor bastards in that movie. You could say mm-hmm. Jim Carrey himself is a poor bastard in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kirsten Dunst, I think takes the taco in, uh, in this one because man, she's, she's been through some stuff. So, so, okay. She's dating uh, uh, indie boy, Mark Ruffalo, like a uh, hipster Mark Ruffalo. Right. But, but kind of, but because he knows that she doesn't know that she's in, well, she knows but she doesn't know about all of it. She's in love with Tom Wilkinson, the head of the Lacuna memory erasing uh, mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so eventually after fucking Mark Ruffalo mm-hmm. it, earlier in the night and like dancing with him in her panties I was about on, to say. Uh, <laughs> on the bed <laughs> where Truman it's is uh, In, is on in
1: her panties in that movie, yeah. That's right.
0: Uh, and uh, after fucking him, the same night they have to call Tom Wilkinson in to uh, do the Hooja Watcher because he's gone off-grid, right? Jim Carrey's gone off-grid. And so he comes over. uh, Mark Ruffalo goes out for a little bit, and she's like, oh, I love watching you work. And like he's, they start talking about quotes, and they have the roll credits moment and everything. And then she goes over, and she kisses him. And she's like, I love you. I love you so much. Then they start kissing some more. Then his wife comes up, for some reason. And she sees him snogging over there in the open window, because that's what you do. By the way, they couldn't pull the shades for uh, Jim Carrey while he's like getting drugged and memorized and everything. Right. Anyway. Right. So, so, so uh, she runs into Mark Ruffalo beats his ass because she sees him kissing. And then she, they both run out. Uh, Tom Wilkinson is apologizing. Kirsten Dunst is like, I don't know. I'm a stupid girl. It's fun. And then the, the wife tells Kirsten Dunst, or she tells Uh, Tom Wilkinson to tell Kirsten Dunst that she has already had the affair with him and she Mm -hmm. had her memory erased. So Mm -hmm. she's already gone down this road, screwed up a marriage, didn't even remember it. Then goes back to, 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 to be his side piece again, but has already fucked Mark Ruffalo. And there's a suspicion by me and probably only me that even though he denies it, I bet you Mark Ruffalo was the wiper in that in that instance I bet he knew that she had an affair earlier with Tom Wilkinson and thought, he was one of the wipers even though he says specifically that he didn't
1: oh I I thought he knew um I thought the movie was explicit in saying that he knew he um,
0: says that he he only suspected that they were together because he saw them kind of a few times where they mm-hmm. acted a little flirty. But I don't okay. buy it. I'm with you. I don't buy it. I think he was in on it. I think he knew about it. And then he took advantage of the situation to do the power fuck thing while after she had the uh, the memory erased, because who knows how long this was ago. And yeah, it's, it's just a... She is a poor bastard because she really has no idea what's going on. By the way, she's terrible at her job, too.
2: he probably hired her in the first place because he thought she was cute right right
1: Right. i love how that that little side story though is the key to that to the movie's plot basically (laughs) uh you know it it, because kirsten dunst then uh sends all the people who've ever had their memories wiped uh you know files of all the stuff that they got rid of and everything and uh and uh and it it opens up all those great questions about whether or not you know you want to continue on even though you like you know the especially at the end Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet are like they don't have the bad memories but they're still sitting there going maybe we can make this work now that we know that we have bad memories and everything. And maybe I won't try to do those things that are in this file,
3: yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and whether it's doomed to fail or not, I mean, obviously you can, uh, you can make that, uh, that assumption that it probably is, but they still want to go through with it, even though, uh, you know, they know all that. Stuff. I think there's,
2: I think there I have two reactions to this movie, like an intellectual and an emotional one. And my intellectual reaction is, yeah, it's doomed to fail. I think the point of the movie is we are doomed to repeat ourselves. Um, We are fallible. Uh, But I think the emotional reaction is that they choose. They know that at that point in the movie, at the end Mm -hmm. of the movie, they know that. And so they're still choosing the positives of love over the negatives. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're doomed
0: to fail because they, overcame this this whole breakup
2: thing they couldn't stay away from each other even with the procedure being done i think the kirsten dunce thing is foreshadowing that that's what i'm that's why i brought that up is that i feel like like she repeated the same thing even though she had her memory wiped. she was still drawn to this guy and he was still kind of drawn to her even though he knew yeah um and so i feel like that was almost foreshadowing what again The movie is great in that it can be interpreted a dozen different ways. But for me, that's what makes me think at the end, they are, they're definitely doomed to fail and they know it and they don't care. They still want the happy stuff.
1: And, and Jim Carrey even knows exactly what he did that, uh, that, uh, um, got her upset in the first place and he thinks that he can not be that way. But those are all emotional things that, mm-hmm. that, uh, that got in the way the last time, because he started, you know, I love how they, they show that like they're, you know, basically a, a love story in reverse where, you know, you see them at their worst and then you start seeing those little cracks l- later on, like where it actually starts, where yeah. that, irksome stuff starts and uh and uh you know you can't you can't change the way you are you can you can hide it but you you know you, i don't think you can change those little things that are about you that end up pissing somebody off a lot of
0: times yeah so. and elijah wood can eat an ass in that movie mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah he's a dick he's a fucking <laughs> asshole
2: he's on his way in between uh, elijah wood from um the lord of the rings into becoming elijah wood in sin city <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah I think he's
0: the best part of sin city by the way i think that well, well yeah, he's fucking creepy i'll give him props for that yeah.
1: part of sin city, probably 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 right <laughs> um uh i don't i know we've brought up um alice and janney and american beauty before i'm not sure if we brought up in the poor bastard section. If we have, I'm sorry if this is a repeat, but Allison Janney, Janney is a poor bastard in American.
0: (laughs) I love how like two thirds of our poor bastards are women.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, but you know, you think about Allison Janney in that, in American beauty, uh, she's basically catatonic, um, all the way through that, uh, that movie. Uh, and you sit there and you think about the, uh, what it must be like to be married to Chris Cooper in that movie. Like, I don't know if there's, um, I don't know if uh, I, I'm assuming because of the way he treats Wes Bentley, that there's probably been some physical abuse in the past and she's gotten to the point where she just doesn't dare say anything anymore. Probably doesn't get any kind of, of we don't see it in the movie. We don't see physical abuse, but we're assuming at this point that she is like so afraid of it that she doesn't do anything to try to piss him off. Yeah. yeah. Probably a lot of verbal abuse. And the fact that obviously he doesn't want her to at the, in, at the end of the day, because he is gay and uh, there's just, you know, that you sit, you see her just sitting at that table and just kind of like staring into space. And you don't know if there's anything there anymore when, uh, when thora birch comes in with Wes bentley and and uh and uh she she you know he introduces her to her and, and she goes oh i'm so sorry about the way the house looks and you know thora birch looks around and is like well the house looks pristine
0: it, it, there's Ooh. not a fucking like fleck of dust anywhere right it's and and crazy know, thora
1: birch looking around like oh okay well you know <laughs> and and uh and, and maybe one of her only uh, she does she even that's maybe her only line of that movie i
2: think you're
0: right yeah because otherwise she's sitting on the couch just staring straight ahead she's- oh, yeah, She she
1: uh,
2: says it's not a real line but there's that they're on the couch watching tv and she says at one point what what oh that's yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah
1: yeah yeah and um but uh yeah, that 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 character is definitely a poor bastard. You just think about, you know, she's she feels trapped and probably it's probably even more beyond the trapped after that. There's a there's definitely a psychological change that she she's going to have to if she were able to ever get out of this marriage, she would need a lot of therapy to uh to to deal with all the things that she's uh, experienced under under that uh, roof. Um I just think about that character a lot in American beauty. There's, they don't give her much, uh, you know, she's not a main part of, she's not a main part of this story at all. Uh, you know, anybody, it's funny if you think, think about people who've never seen American beauty. And I sit here and I talk about Alice and Janney and this, she's not even a part of that story. Really. She's a, she's a victim. That's in, that's sort of a, a side of, uh, you know, um, in this story that doesn't have anything to do with uh, all the stuff that we see. But, uh, yeah, I think about her character a lot. It has, to, I think it has a lot to do with how Jannie plays it, but, uh.
0: there's so many side plots in that movie, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's there's Annette Benning cheating on the, the fuck me King. And then there, mm-hmm. uh, your majesty there's, there's, uh, uh, Kevin Spacey's midlife crisis, but also his lusting after the girl, there's mm-hmm. the friendship between Mina Savari and and Chica, who wants to get boobs, and then mm-hmm. there's the West Bentley and Thora Birch, and then there's the dad, and then there's the mu- there's just all kinds of shit going on in that movie. That's basically just kind of like presented as a straightforward like uh, neighborhood slice of life, right? There's the Scott yeah. Bakula gay neighbors that are trying to get him in in shape, and like there's just ah, it's just crazy. It's crazy I'm- how it works.
1: It would be interesting to know, by the way, where I'm not saying this in a funny way, because you could just easily just say, why does Thora Birch think she needs big titties? You know, but, but like you sit there and you only wonder, did she get that idea? And I'm wondering if the Mina Suvari character uh, somewhat slightly chided her on her looks or something like that, because yeah. there's obviously there's some sort of thought that she has a deficiency that just there's, there's no deficiency there. I'm not trying to be funny again is what I'm saying. There's no deficiency uh, uh, there at all, but she thinks she needs a boob job. She's been saving like a bunch of babysitter money for this, for something she does not need whatsoever. There's a lot of people just like, sort of like going through weird abuses in this movie. And everybody
2: is not living who they really are, who they really want to be, except for Mm -hmm. maybe Wes Bentley. Uh, yeah, that's everybody everybody yeah. is putting on some kind of a show that's not who they really are and that's what starts Kevin Spacey's character breaking out of it I'm not going to be this guy anymore.
3: Right.
2: Um you know Chris Cooper's character is actually gay but he's pretending to be to hate gay people. Mm-hmm. Uh Dallas and Jenny is a shell of whoever her she used to be. Yeah. Uh, even Annette Benning is not who she really wants no. to be.
1: Um, I think like if you look at that marriage between Kevin Spacey and Annette Benning, it's obvious that both of them have, have are the cause of that marriage being bad. I don't know if, I don't know if a lot of people just look at Annette Benning and see her cheating and all this other stuff and think that she's just the the main cause of this, but they're both very much the cause of that marriage being being broken. Uh, Although they do like, Give Annette Benning some more like i don't know shrill qualities, I guess yes. because because Kevin Spacey is the the hero quote unquote of that story, even though he's certainly not a hero
0: no definitely and and the movie does go out of its way to present him as the hero he's the one that's right, she's the mm-hmm. one that's shrill. She's the yeah. one that uh, can't give him to the romantic interlude when he's got a beer that's about to pour on the couch. Yeah. It's like, yeah, <laughs> but have you been like, you're lusting after this Just six- all fucking couch. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, uh, yeah, it's fucked up
1: because we see Kevin Spacey have, he has all the great lines. He has yeah. all the great you know things that he does in it. Like, and, but you sit there and go, that well, it's not because Annette Benning is a certain way that this happened. You know, just like when he's talking about like what happened to that that Jane that I that I knew and all this other stuff. I mean, there's a there's a little part of you that changed too in all of this. Don't. Yeah. They-
2: well, I mean- and they're also trying to set up, you know, the who done it aspect of who might have been his killer because mm-hmm. I think they truly do want you to not. No, until the, i mean when i first watched the movie i had no idea who it was i felt like it could have been four or five different characters in the movie so yeah. i think that's part of why she ends up getting played a little more shrill um and yeah, I mean, yeah. anyway <laughs> and then talked there's about uh, american beauty for 20 minutes then there's a misunderstood <laughs> blowjob there <laughs> the is a mis- misunderstood blowjob in the history of film
0: Indeed. <laughs> let's go another round i like this this is fun you want go again <laughs> yeah yeah let's do it
2: all right, I might have mentioned this guy before. I don't think I did it as a uh, as a poor bastard. Uh, I think it was just in general discussion. But in the Hunt for Red October, um, which is one of my top five favorite movies of all time, there's this mm-hmm. part where they've de- they've de- they've deduced that that Sean Connery and his officers are trying to defect with this fancy Russian nuclear sub. The Russian crew have all been offloaded up onto the surface and the Russian sub went back down under. So the American captain and uh, Alec Baldwin, Jack Ryan, and a few of his officers get in a tiny, tiny baby sub and go boop, boop, boop. And they go from the small average American sub to this ginormous Russian sub. And they attach to this universal suction port thing. And it opens and they go down and they do the whole introduction thing and yada, yada. and All of a sudden, a missile comes out of nowhere and goes boom. It goes by, and somebody says a missile, and then Jonesy is there from the American sub, and he's like, "No, that was Russian. The pitch is too high for it to be American." And uh, and they're like, "Oh shit!" And they gotta get into battle mode, and and the captain runs over to the tube and looks up at the mini sub, and there's one lone American doofus officer still in that tiny baby sub, and he goes. I think someone just shot a missile at us. And the (laughs) captain goes, no shit, get off of here. And the guy goes, where am I supposed to slam? The door slammed. (laughs) Then there's this massive sea battle. And I just, every time I watch the movie, I can't picture like there's some miniature... Five-person sub out in the middle of all this with a guy going, oh shit oh shit, oh, 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 shit. There's, like, multiple torpedoes fired. The whole sub explodes. And there's this dude out here in the middle of nowhere just trying not to die. And he's never addressed again. You will not ever see him again. I assume they coordinated and got his ass back on the sub. But that it's very moment always true. kills me.
1: They, it, is, it, is, it is funny how they, how they completely uh, end up ignoring that guy after that. After that.
0: Oh, I forgot all about that. What because the, he, doesn't have any co- it he doesn't have any communication. He doesn't know what uh, what Ramius is doing
1: with the whole <laughs> no. important starboard thing. He's I'm just like, what you. the fuck is going <laughs>
3: on, <laughs> where we am used, i supposed
1: to go we used that as an outtake uh somewhere that dude saying that um um i can't remember where it was but it was something like that where somebody was peering through like a hole like that like one of those patch holes or whatever and ended up putting that in. i think somebody just shot a missile did he no. disengage or is he
2: attached
1: He's well. He's attached at
2: that moment, but he's he has to the dis- That's what the captain's saying. Get off of here, this boat. The, so the he's just camp, out
0: there in the middle of the sea. He like- has
2: to detach to let the Russian boat do its thing, and he's just out there, presumably. I would, if I were him, I would have just gone straight to the bottom and hope for the best. Uh, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. Is that
1: that's the a great is that one? The, is that the, is that the <laughs> I, I get confused sometimes in hunt for Red October because, um, because, uh, you know, there's a point where the, the, I think the American sub does go above water and all the Russians are standing on that one thing. And they're like, uh, he's scaring the Americans or whatever, everybody. Yeah. And I don't know if it's that sub or if they still underwater at that point.
2: No, um, it's not. That's the Dallas Uh, The Dallas is
1: doing that. Because
2: the Dallas comes in um, to steal – the Second missile, which was coming after yeah. Red October, way and
1: to we, go, Dallas. And they go?
2: Yeah, and the guy goes, uh, the the co captain or the XO of the Dallas is like, All right, put it on the ceiling, fly, Dallas, fly. And they like, do that emergency <laughs> blow <laughs> to emergency get the thing blow. on the roof.
1: <laughs> that the way they shoot that scene is fucking awesome. The that. captain's getting them out of the water. That's right. I hope the Christ works uh but yeah that it, it it is kind of funny that i guess they do completely uh ignore what happens to that sub afterwards the uh it's kind of like the you know it's kind of like the scene where they're like they're like in the you, you brought up where they're in the watchtower but they somehow come out from under the uh aircraft carrier when that plane crashes. Yeah. and they yeah. like, you know, it's one of those things like, whoa, wait a minute. This <laughs> just went through the Matrix here. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not how I thought it was set up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> nice.
1: I've got
0: another 90s movie that I want Ooh. to shout out. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest guilty pleasures that it has become a little nigh unwatchable these days. Uh, very, very dated. Cruel Intentions. Right. Oh. Guilty pleasure oh. at the time. Uh doesn't hold up as well uh some parts don't part that does hold up well is Sarah Michelle Geller. uh she's spectacular in this very evil very playing against type and then Selma Blair and Selma Blair is my poor bastard because mm-hmm. she gets fucked by everybody in this movie mm-hmm. uh metaphorically and literally uh basically the movie opens with Sarah Michelle Geller's uh Catherine character talking to is it Christine Baranski is her mom I think Yep, um, and Selma Blair welcoming her into the the prep school and saying, "I'm going to be her mentor, basically, because she's a senior. Uh, Selma Blair is freshman, sophomore, something like that." Um, she, uh, so Selma Blair falls in love with her uh, music teacher Ronald, who's teaching her the cello, but doing it all sexy, like doing it all like rap having her sit in his lap, and he's like, hey, here's how you stroke the strings and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. she gets all uh, puddly for him, and mm-hmm. then like she goes, so she tells Sarah Michelle Geller and Sarah Michelle Geller for whatever reason, decides I'm gonna fuck with this girl, and I'm gonna fuck with her hard, right? So she makes the bet with Sebastian that he needs to seduce her so that she could be spoiled for uh, her boyfriend, or no, she was dating her boyfriend or something like that. Uh, so she's going to be spoiled, and she's also going to screw with the relationship between them, uh, Ronald and her. And so after you know after they do the pretend or the 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 kiss uh, with the the drool and stuff like that mm-hmm. between the two girls, uh, yeah. then Sebastian does seduce her by getting her drunk, and that's a little uncomfortable. Uh, but uh, he does he does his thing, so she's quote spoiled. And uh, then she is encouraged to be promiscuous with everybody. And just because she's listening to Sarah Michelle Gellar's character, she's like, "I okay, whatever you say, basically, mm-hmm. she plays a dimwit, but she's still a poor bastard. Uh, then I believe, I can't remember exactly, but I think uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar has sex with the cello teacher in this movie, uh, who is the object of some of Blair's affection. Then I'm sure uh, the cello teacher Ronald will get blamed for killing Sebastian because he gets into a fist fight with him that eventually causes Sebastian Ryan Philippi to get hit by a car so he essentially murdered him by fistfighting into a car so Selma Blair has now been uh, quote violated uh, she's been completely manipulated by this coke fiend Sir Michelle Geller's character. Uh, she's probably lost her the love of her life and she uh ended up having relations with this scumbag who eventually gets killed. Now, at the very end of the movie, she publishes uh the the burn book, the uh the uh journal. But, you know, by then, I mean this this poor lady is just she's ruined.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, yes, that's that's uh that's my my final poor bastard. I love watching that movie because I love pointing out how hideous it is at times. Uh, it doesn't hold a candle to the original Dangerous Liaisons, or, or the, I guess I should say, the what we call kind of the definitive one with uh, uh, Malkovich and Michelle Pfeiffer and all that stuff. You could actually make this, this comment for Uma Thurman's character in Dangerous Liaisons because she yep. plays the same character, uh, only with more Keanu. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Cecile Selma Blair is... My other poor
2: bastard. Isn't Reese Witherspoon a poor bastard in that movie, too?
0: I don't think so, man.
2: I don't Who think so. Who gets hit by a car at the end?
0: It's, it's a Ryan Phillippe.
2: Oh, well, he deserves car. it. What about the cello guy? Is he a poor bastard? No,
0: I mean, he's, he's just making money doing uh, music lessons.
2: He loved her, though. He loves Cecile.
0: Well, yeah, but they're both still alive. He may go to jail at the end of it, but... Yeah, he's a little bit of a poor bastard. But uh, Reese Witherspoon's character essentially makes it through Scott Free. She's all virginal and everything, and Sebastian tries to seduce her and, just so he can do butt stuff with uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Right. But, but he uh, he falls in love with her. So she keeps her virginity intact until she's convinced that he does love her, which he does. And then she, then they copulate. But then... Uh, he insults her and she runs away. So she's got her integrity intact, but then he he tells her that he loves her, but uh, uh, she I'm really doesn't asking. get the message until later on, and then she gets his car for some reason.
2: You clearly thought this out more than me. I was just curious and uh, I'd like you to stop talking about it now.
0: <clears throat> Can we get back to the butt stuff? By the way, I was reading the, uh, the uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> do you ever do this? I was reading the Wikipedia on this not too long ago uh the the plot and everything. And uh in, in in the plot description it says uh Catherine suggests that if he wins the bet they could have anal sex. Anal sex is hyperlinked to another Wikipedia <laughs> article. Now no, no. I didn't click on it. I didn't click you. on it. Good but for you. If you hover on that hyperlink,
3: <laughs>
0: it'll bring up the, the the picture
3: of
0: <laughs> and it's a
1: cartoon I was about to say, is it a cartoon diagram of it?
0: It's a cartoon, but a lot of times, they're, they're just going to send you a picture of like, you know clitoral stimulation, if you hover on that thing, you'll see I a think, big old clit.
1: Yep, yep, exactly Selma <laughs> Blair, by the way, is one of those where you're just like, oh yeah, she's probably such and such an age or whatever. I think she's uh, currently she's 48 years old. She was, she was 27 when she did cruel intentions.
0: No Uh, way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Every time you see Selma Blair, you're like, Oh, she's gotta be around this age or whatever, but she's always like a little bit older than you think.
2: Wow. Uh, Did you see
1: they recreated that kiss? Yeah. I did not see that. Yeah. Yeah. They
2: are they, for, it was like for some award show or whatever. It's the VMAs. It, but they're like lean in and right at the last moment their faces smushed because there's plexiglass between them.
3: Oh. Yeah, it was oh.
0: that, you probably saw commercials for this if you watch Epic Awesome videos, the mm-hmm. they did the best VMAs of all time. Which oh, I really? didn't watch. That stuff is my catnip, and I didn't even watch that stuff. So <laughs> uh I, I probably will later on. But uh yeah, cruel intentions that's a fun movie. That's a fun movie. I'm glad it came out when I was 19. So I was around the age of the characters. Um, it it, uh, it was sexy at the time. It had a bunch of sexy people. Ryan Phillippe is super sexy. Reese Witherspoon, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Selma Blair. And the dude well, that plays mean, Ronald.
1: Phillippe and Witherspoon are so sexy. They had babies together after that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. And I met them.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we recently watched oceans 12 uh, and there's a point in there where Bernie Mac's character gets arrested and he goes to jail and he is out of the picture all the way until the end of the movie,
0: the entire movie, Bernie fucking Mac. One of the most talented people on that roster.
1: The only thing I can think of about this is when they decided to do oceans 12, he was committed to something else and he couldn't do the, he couldn't, he couldn't go with them on oceans 12 for some reason. So they had to shoot like only a couple of scenes with him. And then he had to go off and do whatever else he was doing at the time. The only explanation for Bernie Mac being put in jail and not being able to get busted out until the end. In fact, at the very end, they use the same dude from Ocean's Eleven who uh, was uh, pretending to beat on George Clooney the whole time. Yeah. I think that's who it is. Yeah, yeah, that's um, it. And he comes in pretending to be a lawyer and busts Bernie Mac out of jail. I'm like, why couldn't you just fucking done that in the first place? <laughs> He's been
0: sitting there for probably a week in the same yeah. clothes, in the same position, next to the same dude, on the same bench. And yeah. it's like, seriously? Like, at, right. at what point do they even mention Like, she even comes in, Catherine Zetas-Jones comes in and says, we pinched Frank. And Brad Pitt's like, eh, that's a shame. And then he tells everybody. And then they go on to fucking, what what is it, London or whatever? No, uh, Rome. uh, Or Lake Como, I guess.
3: (laughs) Um,
0: And they leave his ass there to rot in the Netherlands. I'm like, what the hell,
1: It's so ridiculous you can't even call it Oceans 12 uh, because... He's not he's not in there anymore. He's not the <laughs> team. Julia Roberts comes in and and is basically their 11th. So like yeah. mm. Bastard. There's no there's no doubt about it. They could have busted him out of prison a week early. Yes. And didn't. Yes. That how fucked up that is. That's real fucked up. You think about people <laughs> the oceans crew man uh, i mean why do they even worry about going to jail they apparently know everybody in all of law enforcement and can bust out anytime they want to there's like there's no reason for them to be scared of jail ever yes they're so
0: incompetent
1: in that
2: movie. jail is to them what gravity is to the fast and furious gang it's just <laughs> right. like a, a non-threat
1: yeah exactly so yeah Bernie mac is a poor bastard in oceans 12 there's yeah, no doubt. that's a good one uh, you want to do a couple questions? Do a couple questions. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth.
0: I am listening. I wanted to ask you guys a question for the sendcast. I recently got these movie poster frames for my new apartment and put up a couple of my favorites: The Lighthouse and Overlord. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. I love the Lighthouse poster. Yeah. Uh, I know you guys have some cool movie posters in the studio. So I'm wondering, what do you think are the best movie posters? Interested to hear what you have to say and always keep up the great podcast. Now we've had this question before, but it was like an episode three. <laughs> so it's been a long time since we've talked about, uh, the, uh, the posters and we've all got some good picks, man. What do you guys got?
1: Um, the exorcist has a great image on the front of it. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's the priest coming in to, and the, there's a light shining down from, what we uh, suppose is Linda Blair's apartment or a room or whatever. And that's the only light in the entire shot. It's dark all around, except for this light coming out of a second story window, shining down on this priest who is walking into the door. And, uh, it's a, it's simple. It's great. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's something that gets your imagination going. It's a great poster. Mm -hmm. Um, Pulp fiction, Uma Thurman lying down with the cigarette in her, in her hand, uh, and with that look on her face and everything, there's a, there's a lot conveyed by it. There's a lot of sexy, cool, uh, you know, uh, just, just a lot of just, uh, man, I I really want to see what this is about, especially Uma Thurman back in 1994, (laughs) looking as good as she does. Um, uh, and, and, you know, there were a couple of versions of that. One of them had the, uh, the 10 cents, like it was a pulp magazine, uh, type of thing. And then the other ones took that off of that and, and everything. But, uh, that image is great. And then Chinatown has a great uh, poster where, uh, you see Jake Geddes, uh, with the cigarette, another cigarette one. Um, where the smoke is coming up around this left side and you can see Faye Dunaway's fa- outli- face outline in the, in the top of it and everything. That's a really well-done poster.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, one of the, I think, best posters, whether I think it's cool or would want to hang it on my wall, is the 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Steve Carell has captured a facial expression there That's just that that look combined with the title combined with the rating. Mm -hmm. All they put behind him was yellow because they didn't need anything else. That as far from a marketing perspective, that poster is perfect. Yeah, Um, I always thought one of the coolest movie posters ever was one of those teasers for the Phantom Menace that showed
3: Mm -hmm. little Jake
2: Lloyd walking in the desert and on the building behind him. The shadow was Darth Vader's shadow instead of a human-sized Jake Lloyd shadow. Yep. Um, that poster is better than that movie. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, you're talking about... Oh, I see. So not or, the
0: the classic uh, no. Star Wars poster like, like
2: uh, Chris the teaser, right there. The teaser yeah. Oh, I remember that now. That Anakin's was walking red. towards yeah. the camera with his head down and casting a shadow behind him, but it's Darth Vader. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: that
0: is
2: really awesome. Him. Yeah. Brilliant. That's all I got. <clears throat> all
0: right. Well, immediately what came to my mind, which is weird because I don't love the movie. I do like the movie, but The Abyss came to my head. Mm-hmm. Um, the Abyss is just, it sets you up for everything that's going to be terrifying about this. It's just Mary Elizabeth Manstrand. Sebastian- man- <laughs> man- <laughs> man- that's
1: not going to work here anymore.
0: man Manstrandonio. <laughs> man- man- man-
1: Master Antonio, Master, Master Antonio.
0: Antonio, that one. Uh, it's just her, like at the bottom of the ocean, in the 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 water suit, the wetsuit, the 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 uh, astronaut suit. I'm not really talking well right now. Anyway, in silhouette, basically, and then you see the mm-hmm. blue, and you're like, oh, I don't know what this movie's about, but she's fucked.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And it's just a beautiful poster. I love it. <clears throat> the other ones I came up with uh rosemary's baby so good man another roman polanski thing by the way uh that's one movie that i really want to talk about which we will in the next question uh but it's just her face of her lying down and then it's the in silhouette the baby carriage and it's like again this woman is fucked (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she is uh it's 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 really really good i love it um and my last one it's 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 so it's you think it's iconic and it is iconic, but it's not the poster that college students hang up in their dorm rooms all the time of Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn uh, does have that classic photograph of her kind of sitting and smoking a cigarette and that kind of thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the uh, poster for breakfast at Tiffany's is Mm -hmm. almost cartoonish. I mean, she does have these features, but it's got her in a, in cartoon form, um, in that black dress with a beautiful necklace with cat draped around her neck and a cigarette with one of those long stemmed cigarette uh, things. And it's just, it's, it's very barren. Uh, it's white background, a few colors, shows her and George Pappard kissing. Uh, but your eye is obviously just drawn to her. And it's mm-hmm. one of my all time favorite posters. And <laughs> yes, the song sucks by deep blue. Something.
1: We've already talked about that song many times. But
0: the poster (laughs) and the movie is awesome.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What is a movie that, quote, takes a while to horror that you think is really good? This person recently watched Takashi Miike's Audition, and it felt like that, but really enjoyed it. Uh, What's something that takes a while to horror?
1: Yeah, they picked a really good one there. Yeah. Audition is one that I probably would have uh have mentioned, but uh The Exorcist takes a long time to uh to horror really. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, kind of uh, does, yeah. Because the guy has to go through that whole thing that's in Iran at the beginning of the movie and and then uh it uh you know, it, you see the you see um uh you know the the whole family dynamic and um, Ellen Burstyn is act is doing her acting and and uh, and all that and and then uh, you know it takes until they get that Ouija board or whatever to to really have anything start happening and we start seeing some things that are disturbing, but the the actual horror of Linda Blair turning into that possessed demon and everything takes a takes a little while. I, I imagine it's probably. Uh, shorter than i think it is in my head but it does seem like it takes a while before it happens
0: i don't know man because it takes it it goes through all the backstory for the father the young priest's uh background where he's living with his mom taking care of her and he's kind of losing his faith there's a scene with him at the bar like uh, yeah he's running out there like uh yeah there there is a lot of stuff
1: yeah going on. just it takes her forever to finally get to that point where it's like real horror like yeah she comes out in the middle of that party and she pees in front of everybody and all that that's that's obviously disturbing but we're not into the point of where the movie is scary yet yeah 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 um, yeah.
0: yeah and everything um, that one random scene while well, they're still on a rack or a rant or wherever they are uh of the uh max von cito character where <laughs> Like all of a sudden, like he's gone to the trader guy and he's like, "Hey, I found this artifact and everything." I was like, "Oh, well, that's probably whatever." And then all of a sudden, he's out there on the site and looks over at this statue, and there's this big,
1: "Ah!"
0: and then it comes to fucking Chicago or wherever they are (sighs) in America, and determine them out later.
1: Um the other one that I had in mind uh was from Dust Till Dawn even though that's more of a comedy horror. Yeah. Uh from Dust Till Dawn uh, is basically a heist movie with a kidnapping and everything that, that goes on like that for a full half of the movie before they go to the that bar and uh the and then they twister. Yeah, they go to the Teddy Twister and uh learn about all the various forms of pussy from Cheech Marin outside. Hi <laughs> um, pussy. Yeah. And uh then they they go in the bar, they they you know, listen to music, they drink, they all that, and then then that's when finally they turn into vampires at the uh at the end. It takes it takes a good long while for that to happen. But it's uh, also questionable. Sometimes, whether you want to call that movie actual horror or just comedy horror or whatever, so
0: yeah, it's uh, it takes until uh, Santanica Pandemonium comes out and does her her, mm-hmm. her sexy dance with the mm-hmm. with, with the tequila. You will lick
1: the shit from my boot heels. <laughs> I will call you Spot. <laughs> mm-hmm. No thanks. I've already been married.
0: She does this while well. he's obviously loading his gun. Yeah, Even though she's impervious. Like I mean, you don't want him to anyway.
3: Yeah,
2: I'm gonna go with uh, not a traditional horror movie for one of my answers and say Ex Machina,
1: mm.
2: which is to say, I believe by the last ten minutes of this movie, it is a horror movie. Yeah, oh. um, that is yeah. my interpretation of it. Yeah, if you're
1: thinking about someone who's been held captive this whole time and everything, yeah.
2: Yeah, and uh, there's definite killing at the end here, but I, I, there's the psychological horror, the idea that Donald Gleason's character is probably going to die in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. And then you think about what she's already done just to get out of here. I think her walking around loose in the world is not a good thing i think that is a very very <laughs> ominous scary thing yes, it is and so i think by the time the movie is over it has enough horror to qualify <clears throat> uh but it really is only the last 10 minutes that it gets into that territory and then i'll may steal one from barrett here but uh rosemary's baby was the one that i was thinking of was that mm-hmm. well i know i didn't watch it for so long because so many people held it in such high regard as one of the greatest horror movies and i don't dig typically on horror and this is so much more suspense for most of the film. Uh, and the first time I watched it, I was like, am I even watching the right movie? This is like too, a young couple moving into an apartment and the neighbors are a little too nice. Like, what's, <laughs> and, and it goes for like almost an hour before it even gets foreboding at all. Uh, and it does get pretty freaky there for a little bit, uh, for sure. Um, but it takes sweet time and I dig that. So those no, are my just, two answers.
0: I just watched uh the first half of this like two days ago and you could not be a writer because aside from the the drug addict that the that lives with the old couple like uh falling out the window and that gruesomeness there, it's wacky at the beginning. you know mm-hmm. he's an actor that's not really getting parts and stuff like that. She's this nebbish uh, neighbor that comes over. He's like, "How much is that chair?" You know, "How much? Are, oh, this is beautiful." Like, uh, it's it, you know, let me uh, invite you over for uh, a roast." I won't take no for answer, and then the the old man is like, "I've been everywhere. I've been to Australia. Yeah, you ask me a place I've been there." And I'm like, "This movie's fucking wacky at the beginning." Yeah. And that- then it starts getting into like the where she's not feeling well and the husband is over there a lot more and then Satan.
1: Is there is 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 it until the uh, the scene where he's having sex with her while she's sleeping? Is it until then when yep. the horror actually starts? Because it yep. takes that's where it really starts getting to that point. Yeah, and that it's chilling the ending of that where everybody's just like just spell it out at the end. Daryl mm. Satan, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean,
0: yeah, other than that it's just like this cavalcade of a weird New York uh, apartment building and people yeah. coming over to the uh, the their apartment and interrupting them and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh the only thing that gives it away is that weird necklace that she gives her and the yeah. fact that she's getting sicker and sicker when she starts giving her those milkshakes or whatever they are. And even yeah. that probably happens after the uh, the the uncomfortable scene, the nightmare scene. Right. Um, I, so yeah,
1: I think the uh, I think we mentioned it before, but I when we read about this, and it is apparently one of the most faithful ad- adaptations of any book ever. Hmm. It's like wow. apparently like super close to what the book movie uh, fantastic. Did, is rare,
0: it's so good. Mia Farrow is perfect in that movie. I, mm-hmm. I don't remember who plays her actor husband, but. <clears throat>
1: Oh, it's uh, uh, it's uh, John Cassavetes. I believe. Oh, that's right. Cassavetes. That's right. mm-hmm. um,
0: but she's so good in that. She she carries the entire movie. Oh, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Um, I got a couple to take a while to horror. Uh, the uh, the Wicker Man, the f- original one, not the Nicolas Cage remake. Uh, takes really forever until the very mm-hmm. very end to horror. Uh, sure does. you got to go through this uh, this English. Um, a police officer going through this entire town looking for this girl. And yeah, everybody looks suspicious and weird and stuff like that, but they don't go full suspicious and crazy until the very, very end. And the end is so goddamn disturbing, man. Uh, Everything that Nicolas Cage put over the top in that remake, the, the guy here does beautifully, even though he's scared out of his mind. He starts singing like this this uh, Christian song at the beginning while he's being burned to death. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh God, that's so creepy while they're all smiling and Christopher Lee's doing his smile thing. Talking about panties. Uh, (laughs) So, so yeah, if you're going to watch a wicker man, watch the original wicker man. It's rad as hell. And last one is the Vavich. Now Mm -hmm. I haven't gone back and watched the Vavich. I watched it once for pleasure, once for sending it. Um, didn't like it either time. Really didn't like it the first time. And then had the sin on the sin hat on for the second time.
3: Mm-hmm. The
0: more I think about this movie and I definitely love the lighthouse. Uh, Robert Eggers is coming out with a new movie with Nicole Kidman and, uh, Anya Taylor joy and one of the scars guards. Um, I, 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 my memory of it is fonder over, over time, but that's one, there's a, a weird shot of like a witch and a baby and stuff like that early on. But other than that, it's just a puritanical uh, family doing puritanical mm-hmm. shit. And it's not until Black Philip comes out of nowhere with that whole, wouldst thou like to live deliciously? And that fucking, that whatever voice they use on it is mm-hmm. bone chilling. Yeah. And that's where like the movie gets really, really interesting. And the, the, the camera is just on. Anya Taylor Joy's beautiful face, and it's awesome. It's the, yeah. the ending of that is fucking awesome, mm-hmm. but it takes until the ending for mm-hmm. it to really horror at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have the the excursion of her brother going out and finding the witch in the cave and yeah. all that, but uh, there's not you that you see more of the aftermath than you see uh, of him actually being there with her or anything. You see him coming back. Yeah. from that afterwards. And he, he says all those, he has all those weird, like things that he says while he's on his deathbed, essentially. And, uh, you know, um, uh, but uh, yeah, it does take forever to, to they, I don't even, re- there's some sort of religious difference that they have with the people that they're running away from. They're basically banned. Yeah. At the yeah. Beginning yeah. Of the thing. The church, I, yeah. They're yeah, I don't think you, I don't even know if we know exactly what the, their differences are. I, I think just, they were too oh,
0: fundamentalist for the even fundamentalist church. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, It could be, and uh, that dude and is, to go out and find some place fuck. out of no in the middle of nowhere to to build a home and yeah. and everything. So yeah, guy's um, also
0: got maybe the deepest voice I've ever heard.
1: He does. He's yeah. in a lot of movies, by the <laughs> way. That Oh,
0: you're you're a bitch. Yeah, that's what you are. You're a bitch. <laughs> yeah. They're-
1: they're trying to use that <clears throat> if that dialect too from back in the day and if you don't have the subtitles fuck, <laughs> have no chance incomprehensible in that, no chance um okay that's gonna do it for this week uh, keep going to sincast presented by cinema Sins on facebook we're also on cinema Sins uh twitter uh music video Sins twitter Uh, we're on SoundCloud and we're on discord. If you want to get on discord, you can go to our Reddit page and find a link on the right side there, or go to Facebook and private message me and I'll give you a link there. Uh, we have some other stuff to, to, um, mention at all.
0: We got a Patreon. We got a Patreon. You can become a member. You can get this, this thing that's in your ear holes right now. You can get it early. If you sign up, excuse me. If you sign up for, uh, our Patreon and become a, a sin club member, uh you get all this stuff early. You get your uh your uh videos early. Today we publish cats, which is gonna be awesome to see the response to. Uh mm-hmm. you could have gotten that early. You get bonus videos every month, you get bonus pods every month, you get all kinds of stuff. Go to patreon.com slash cinema and bathe in the goodness. Let it wash Don't over forget.
2: you. Don't forget, we also have a brand new, rebranded CinemaSins Podcast Network channel Mm -hmm. on YouTube uh, where all of our podcast content can be found. That is, this Sincast, the Behind the Sin Sincast, uh, any mini-pod reviews, interviews with filmmakers, all of that can be found it's it's slow going because there's a bunch of that shit but we're gonna get it all up there at the cinema Podcast podcast
0: it's on there now baby even the uh the uh, starting now podcast that uh chris and i and our buddy mike did is Excellent. up there all two seasons every episode uh go check it out there cspn i love it hmm. yeah
1: all right well that's gonna do it for this week it's chris atkinson jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time
0: thanks for listening Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit CinemaSins.com. So I'm wearing new earbuds this time because guess what? fucking dog ate another pair of earbuds. See at this point that's on you. You got
2: to mm-hmm. stop leaving that shit out.
0: Yo, first time we were all wrestling, right? I had come up from editing uh syncast. Everybody was upstairs, we were changing the sheets and every time we do that, the dog's go nuts and Hudson likes like throws stuff on everybody and everything. Everybody's having a good time and then I hear this Mhm. Mm-hmm. I turn around, my things have fallen off. Motherfuckers ate those those uh those mm-hmm. uh earbuds. Okay, mm-hmm. fine, fine, replace those. I keep my microphone when I'm not using it in that corner, it's up. But the uh head the earbuds were attached to it and they were a little bit dangly. Now this dog, Wicket, is never in this office, but somehow he found time to bolt in here.
1: Not and that you eat know that. of. Not that you know of.
0: Apparently not. Mm-hmm. Came in here and just mm-hmm. ate those motherfuckers. Didn't eat mm-hmm. anything else. Just mm-hmm. ate those.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, he's you probably been, been in that office many times and just didn't have earbuds to chew on. God
2: damn it. I also want to, I do want to point out, I had to end up using the Microsoft Edge browser oh to make this God. fucking shit work. Oh, which no. I only have because I have <laughs> Windows and it's like they're by default
1: <clears throat> but aren't you worried that bill gates is going to install a microchip in your skin if you use no. microsoft edge
2: i know because he's too busy uh being part of the pizza satan underground whatever the shit like he caused guys, the coronavirus
1: those guys are never too busy <laughs> <laughs> those guys have time turners
2: time turners yeah i bet they do
0: Hey, uh, I I got in a fight this morning.
1: Huh? What?
0: A little bit. So my my son is taking exams. Yeah. And he you know, he's doing remote. Um, and a science teacher, uh, huh. who who we've been friendly with the whole time. Yeah, this is a nice lady. Um, <clears throat> he didn't get the schedule for his midterm exams until last night at like eight o'clock. So like he had no idea where to go, who to see, what subject he was taking, and so the science teacher pops up on the Zoom this morning, and uh, she uh, she says uh, she says print out your thing. She said she was going to get it five to ten minutes before class. It's it's seven fifty nine, and we just get the test. Okay, we open it, try to print it. Printer doesn't work. So he goes on to tell her, you know, hey, my printer doesn't work. What should I do? She says, you should have been prepared for that. And I don't have time to talk to you when I've got this class of students because there's some Uh that are in class and some that are remote.
1: Yeah. Excuse me.
0: (laughs) And then uh, she was like, can I upload it uh, a different way? And my wife and I were in the room and we're like, yes, could you please do that? She said, I need you guys to stop talking because I've got other uh classmates in here and i w- <laughs> my wife who you know is the sweetest person in the world turned to me and mouthed i'm going to fuck this woman up
1: <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> where do people fucking get off man i don't understand it i know there might be things going on in your life you know i i, I expect that a lot of times when people just for no reason are just kind of like angry with you and stuff. And it's the holidays and it's, and it's pandemic and there's a lot of bullshit going on. So I'm I'm willing to cut you a little bit of slack, but God damn, man, you have to realize who you're talking to when you're, when you're addressing situations, you can't just all of a sudden think that everybody's going to be on board with every fucking little error that comes up. And, and, you know, I'll never understand that. Like, uh, I remember, I remember, uh, at the theater, uh, the old theater that I worked at, uh, this guy comes out and I guess cause we were at an, we were, I was at an older kind of theater that was kind of running down and everything. Some piece of like, uh, like foam or something fell off out of the ceiling and hit his kid in the head, which is, you know, not cool. And, uh, and so he, he gets me, uh he gets the manager, and of course, back in the Williamson Square days, man, I didn't wear like suit and tie or anything like that. And I was wearing like jeans and all sorts of shit. So I know I look unprofessional. Um but he comes up and uh and he talks to me and I'm like, All right, so what happened? He's like, Yeah, it looks like a piece of your ceiling fell on my son, son's head. And I was like, Oh shit. I'm sorry about that. Didn't say oh shit. But I was like, I'm sorry about that. Uh so what what can I do? And he stands there and doesn't say anything. And I'm like, I was like, uh, so what would you, I mean, what would you like me to do? And he's like, he's like, excuse me for a second, man. I'm trying to talk to my son here. And I was like, you came, I said, you came to me. (laughs) (laughs) You, you asked for me. I don't, I, I don't understand what the whole, like I'm sitting here talking to my son bullshit means when I'm asking how to fix the problem. Yeah,
2: I'm going to like, I'm going to make, uh, I'm going to burn stuff. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yes. (laughs) Um.
2: Like when Giovanni Ribisi is a guest on Friends as an idiot brother of Phoebe's. She's like, what stuff do you like to do? And he's like, burn stuff. (laughs) What are are some of your dislikes? Stuff that doesn't burn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I, uh, I I have entertained the idea of getting one of those like an egg or something like that to, to cook out on and everything. Ooh yeah, man! <clears throat> just get you man. a just get you
0: a gas grill, man. That that'll be the easiest thing. You could swap out the propane between the the grill and the the thing, mm-hmm. and that way you don't have to worry about charcoal or you know airflow and all that stuff because just, there's some uh,
1: things I cook where I'm just like this is good uh, you know that I'm using the pan, you know I'm using a pan or whatever this is good but I I just want to know what it tastes like like cooking it out on a grill yeah, yeah.
0: <clears throat> we were in the mountains last time I cooked virtually everything even breakfast lunch and dinner on the grill
1: yeah i know you can
0: just <laughs> you can just throw pans on there cast iron on there
2: and uh yeah it's good stuff don't tell me you got the Rona
0: nose. Rona nose. <laughs> no, I was wearing. I was wearing that hat because uh, I found it in my closet uh, just to look like an asshole. And uh, I think it—it's like the mohair sweater uh, from uh, Seinfeld, oh, like the sniffing yeah. accountant. <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm allergic to it. That's kind of one of the greatest name. scenes in Seinfeld history, where somehow I still don't know how he does this. Kramer smokes a cigarette while drinking that entire beer and he's still puffing on it while he's drinking. You know what I'm
2: talking about, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. How does he do that?
2: I don't know. There's well, no way. I guarantee way. you he practiced because that was his thing, man. He, he probably did either, it a hundred times, but-
1: either that, or they had some sort of smoke machine that smoked, it, showed smoke coming out.
0: I think there's some, it's like Kenny G where he can do the continuous breath. It's just like Kenny G. It's circular breathing with beer <laughs> and cigarettes. Circular uh, breathing!
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, so isn't it just like when the ventriloquist drinks water while doing the uh, the voices? Yeah, of the yeah there's movement? just some
0: way that he's done this.
1: I can't believe we didn't know that Alan Thicke had died four years before. That's Yo, terrible.
0: What, what is God up God, with that? I, I even looked him up. Uh, for looked up that Growing Pains episode to see yeah. if I could get the one where he's like Sieverman. And I missed that he's dead. (laughs) I
1: I was, I mean, I don't remember the big story or anything, but you know what? It was 2016. Everybody died in 2016.
2: That's true. Remember
1: that was that year that just like every celebrity, it seemed like.
2: That was the first year that everyone on Twitter... Decided to make jokes about this is the worst year ever, and it's yeah. happened every year since. And <laughs> yes. twenty yeah. twenty has literally been the worst year ever. But I guarantee you, by January twenty eighth, enough shit will have happened. People will be joking about, oh god, twenty twenty one is going to show twenty twenty the door and shit like mm. that. Hold my beard, yeah. and all that stuff. It's going to yep. happen. Yep.
0: Now, uh, to be fair, twenty sixteen was maybe it, it took a pandemic. To, to usurp 2016 because Prince Bowie, uh, Trump got elected, like, uh, yeah, Alan Thick died.
1: <laughs> yeah, Alan Thick died. <laughs> it
2: was crushing.
1: No, we <laughs> well, There's a mourn, lot of shit going we on in 2016, for 10 seconds and you know, until somebody else died. Um, <laughs> there, was, yeah. uh, there was a there was a a joke that stand the stand up stand-up comic. Did you, you ever heard of Jake Johansson before? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Jake Johansson was talking about like was talking about border control or whatever. This is not like asshole border control or anything like that. I think we need to stop all. You know, he's not like that. He was just like he's like you know people are worried about like worried about like uh you know uh, you know uh, unfettered immigration. Of course, if I if I if I won't listen to this act again it's probably way worse now but he's i've never known him to be like a really offensive comic but he's like i've got a great idea for that i have, you know a burning river of gas <laughs> He's he's like, he's like, and you could even charge money for it. People could come over and see the burning river of gas. It'd be great. And he's like, and and look, we got to do Canada too. We got to do Canada too. Can't just let Alan Thick come over whenever he wants. There was a story about like uh, how many people die at the Grand Canyon every year and everything. I can't remember what the the number was, but I was like, yeah, I've been there. I can see, I can see that happening. Yep,
0: Hey, um, that covers
1: a lot of ground, man. Well, <laughs> I mean, I went. There was a point, uh, in my my walk, you know, through my first trip on the Grand Canyon and everything. You, there's a path that you go down to, you know, sort of like you know, know where you are and everything. But you can go off of that path easily. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not illegal for you to do it. You can, you, they sort of encourage it almost. And like, I went off into this one spot. Nobody was around at all. And uh, and I was like, Jesus, you know, yeah, you I mean, did. if I'm not paying it, yeah, well, I had to, <laughs> I had to jerk it first, it was... goes all the way
0: into the, the Colorado
1: River.
2: <laughs> it's, my, it's my
1: goal of leaving my seed everywhere I go.
2: <laughs> I like how my mind went from no one was around immediately to better jerk off, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> don't know, when
1: these look, opportunities. if you can't jerk, jerk off in the Grand Canyon, look, man, man, you, you I was sitting yeah, I mean. Up. No, look, I actually sit there and thought, I could do that if I wanted to. Nobody would see this shit. Uh, and, I was like, I was like, I, and then I started looking around I was like, I bet people fucked here. I bet they definitely mm-hmm. fucked here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, if you're not paying attention, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, it's, a, it's yeah. an easy, easy place to just fall the fuck off if, you, if mm-hmm. you're not paying attention.
2: I read that Kieran Shipka uh, keeps little mini trampolines all over her house. And she uh, <laughs> randomly jumps on them, um, uh, both for exercise and to boost her mood, whether she's watching TV or working on lines or just hanging out with friends.
1: So there you go. I get the sense that Kiernan Shipka is one of the most awesome fucking people ever. <laughs> she, might be. she might be like, I don't know I why I get that sense, but just seems like it to me. Somebody
2: that keeps mini trampolines all over their house is already, uh, you know, doing good in my book. I'm uh I might copy that I might yeah. copy that yeah, what's yeah. what's the what's the problem with it besides
0: if you a- get up and get some water late at night and like trip over everything yeah. like, you like <laughs> you go out bounding to your right or something like I guarantee
1: that. you I would I'd fucking <laughs> I'd I'd stump my toe against it all sorts of shit guaranteed <laughs> and I'd be like what trampoline here oh yeah it's kind uh, of- I was trying
2: <laughs> to boost my goddamn mood
1: yeah yep. yep. <laughs> genitals show us your genitals your genitalia what is that you guys you guys never heard that before i heard that i don't remember what john, it is but i know that John, it's john LeJoie who's uh who was on the league uh he played uh the what is his name on the league he's the guy who's always uh, uh starting new businesses and he's an idiot and oh taco taco He's the guy who plays that Jean Le John Lejoie had the had the song where it was just like a video of him show us your genitals. Show us your ge- or show me your genitals. Your genitalia. <laughs>
2: He's a stand up, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I actually read that CBS All Access is considering putting Discovery and Picard, their Trek Show flagship shows, on Netflix because they're drawing like no audience um, hmm. because nobody knows about CBS All Access, or as I prefer to think, nobody cares about CBS yep. All
1: Access. Talking, talking so about they're this.
2: thinking of putting it on a competitor service to give it more eyeballs, to then turn around and hope the hype comes back to CBS All Access, which is dumb. I think. Yeah, Go ahead. It's, sorry, that's very dumb.
1: I'll, I'll talk more about it when Barrett does his rant uh, about HBO Max. But there, I had a lot of discussion about this over the weekend with some people. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I can't wait uh, to get to that. services in general, so. Because it's not easy to talk about your genitals, right? You don't go in
1: <laughs> okay. and say, here's right, my hoo-ha.
0: Just, this He's is cut.
1: Down. He's <laughs> tripping
3: down.